Hi, my name is Marta Karczewicz and I am currently VP of Technology at Qualcomm. The world is changing and video applications are growing. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Marta. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi. Nice talking to you. You're going to be telling me all about what versatile video coding is. But before that, I have to ask the question I ask everyone, which is, what is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Um, I don't think that I can really uh, mention that there was just one time or one incident. Uh, I think the way that I uh, understand empowerment, it's believing in your own capabilities and trusting your own instincts. In a sense, um, technology field, at least the one that I am in, it's still uh, mainly dominated by men, realistically speaking. Um, and being a woman brings me a big different perspective and maybe not even exactly from technical point of view, but when we are discussing new projects, standards, activities, I have different view on the usability aspects of certain features, uh, of certain functionalities. So the guys usually see everything one way and I'm saying, well, you know, from my perspective, that's actually not that useful. Of course, uh, I do feel, you know, there are moments that I feel proud to, you know, when I achieve something and being a woman kind of uh, comes into the equation. For example, last year I was uh, one of the three nominees to Lifetime Achievement Award by European Patent Office. And uh, despite that I didn't win, I was like super proud of it because it spans all the areas of the technologies. And again, if you look around the room, uh, majority of the nominees, because there were multiple categories, uh, there were men. But altogether, I think uh, I usually think that I feel empowered almost all the time. <laughs> and I, I know what you mean. I'm sure, if, you know, if you are one of the few women being recognized in a field, it's almost like, of course, you feel empowered all the time. But, you know, um, <laughs> I, also, I also like what you said about providing a different perspective on technology, because I find it so fascinating, you know, as technology becomes more customized to improve a user's experience those different perspectives really start to matter, you know, about what kind of solutions are we building for people and do they work for everyone or only a certain type of person? So let's start with the basics. What is versatile video coding or VVC? So that's a, a new video compression standard. It just got finalized uh, July this year. And it was developed by 
MPEC and ITUT standardization forums. I think everybody understands what video is, but maybe uh, people do not fully realize that if uh, we were to uh, send raw captured video, it's practically impossible. Currently, one of the most popular formats, it's uh, 4K or Ultra HD. Uh, and if we think uh, how much bandwidth it would occupy, if it was just sent as such, uh, it would be seven and, and a half gigabits per second. Moreover, we know that the resolutions and accuracy of the video is still growing. We are talking about 8K, okay? Even higher frame rates. So this number can be easily very soon multiplied by uh, four or eight. Uh, so we are talking extremely high bandwidth. So the purpose of the video codex is uh, to reduce the number of bits and at the same time, uh, preserve the visual quality. And uh, what we are actually seeing on our screens uh, usually is compressed hundreds of times. Because when we think about Ultra HD, I just said like very high numbers, seven and a half gigabits. What we are usually uh, receiving for the same content, the bandwidth that it's required, uh, it's somewhere around 25 to 35 megabits per second, which is much more digestible and much more doable. So if not for the video compression, uh, we would still be probably watching video, which has a couple of hundreds of pixels. And, you know, when you enlarge it, it just, it's completely blurred and impossible to watch. So that's actually the purpose of the codex. How does it differ from its predecessors, which, which is HVC? So it provides additional 40 to 45% uh, percent bandwidth reduction uh, for uh, uh, natural content video. And um, it's also, in a sense, different than a previous codex. Because previous codecs just worried about uh, compressing standard dynamic range video, natural video. And this is also where the name comes from, uh, versatile. Uh, because uh, it also includes tools, for example, to support different functionalities of or different types of content. Uh, for example, it includes tools to uh, support so-called screen content coding. What does it mean? Uh, screen content coding, what we define is a content that has uh, graphic text, generally much more uh, content having sharp edges than the natural content. And this is becoming, I think, especially important these days when you know work to move to the virtual domain and we are uh, sharing presentation documents so all of that we would call screen content and the tools are uh, for example increasing compression ratio 
or uh, over HEVC by over 60%. So there is like a nice um, almost 20% jump over uh, compression ratio that I mentioned for the natural content. The video that currently is being delivered uh, actually already uh, is very different than video that was delivered, I would say, five, six years back, uh, already at the production stage. Because uh, previously we were mainly delivering uh, so-called st uh, standard dynamic range video. And what's now it's happening, uh, we are trying to increase the uh, contrast in the video that is being delivered. So, uh, increase the number of details that can be perceived. And also, um, when we were talking about the standard dynamic range, it was only capable of uh, representing very small percentage of colors which happened in nature and humans can perceive. So now this kind of envelope is being stretched to put more and more information into uh, the video stream and uh, make what we see closer and closer to nature, so to speak. But that actually uh, requires additional tools and VVC includes such tools, which uh, improves the, the ratio by let's say additional 10% for such type of content. It also uh, has tools which makes the streaming easier, like uh, switching resolutions or some of the new applications like virtual reality are much easier and more convenient to implement using VVC. So I would say it's a codec which addresses all the issues that the past codecs did address, but it also tries to take into account that the uh, world is changing and the video applications are growing. So now that you've explained to me what VVC is, how will it more specifically improve the access and consumption of digital content for consumers? Of course, uh, the most obvious answer is that uh, the quality of the video that we are seeing will become better. We will be receiving higher resolution video with uh, better reprodu reproduction of uh, uh, color and so on. Uh, the less obvious answer might be that uh, it will extend maybe even further the usage of video. Because when you think about it, a uh, couple of years back, uh, where do we uh, use video? Okay, broadcast, streaming. Now uh, we are using video for uh, more and more conferencing applications, uh, especially again these days because of the COVID-19 uh, situation. Uh, but a couple of years back, uh, actually it wouldn't be possible because uh, video, uh, uh, conferencing requires low delay and uh, the bandwidth requirements are more stringent. 
Uh, it would also, um, without this um, increases in uh, video compression, such applications as telemedicine would not be possible at all. Uh, because there uh, you really need to guarantee certain quality of video for the application to be even possible. Uh, what people also don't realize that video uh, is used in many applications that don't even are the final consumers. So uh, what is really happening and what is being predicted that soon uh, the main consumer of the video will be actually machines. So uh, the machine-to-machine -machine communication is rapidly increasing. And uh, basically where video is captured is uh, by autonomous cars, uh, surveillance cameras, uh, industrial robots. And it's basically in every application that requires uh, monitoring and detecting and reacting to some events. And uh, the end consumer of these videos are basically algorithms running on uh, cloud computers and so on. Uh, very often uh, these are uh, neural network or artificial intelligence driven algorithms. So it's actually predicted that soon uh, consumption uh, of the video by machines will outnumber uh, consumption of the video by humans. And that, of course, enables all this application like autonomous cars, smart cities, everything is kind of smarter and safer thanks to that. And that would also not be possible uh, if the video quality didn't reach uh, certain level because all the detection tasks would not be just possible. So what has Qualcomm done to drive the innovation around VVC? Um, so uh, we were active participants in already previous standard HEVC and it uh, finalized around 2013. And uh, my team out of curiosity decided to see, you know, uh, is it possible to push the envelope further or should we all retire basically, at least in that field? And we uh, continued working on uh, new algorithms, further improvements. And two years later, uh, it was uh, 2015, we decided to uh, bring what we did, both uh, algorithms and corresponding software to ITUT to showcase that, uh, hey, HEVC wasn't the end of the road. Uh, there is still uh, plenty of things that can be done. And that, in a sense, uh, kick-started VVC development. So other companies uh, started to bring their own ideas, uh, built around the software and algorithm that we brought. And uh, after you know, certain threshold of uh, coding efficiency improvement was crossed, this became a VVC uh, standard. So uh, even after though, this initial stage, uh, we kept uh, contributing very actively. 
and not only to decoding efficiency. Um, since Qualcomm is a hardware company and uh, I'm also, or my team is also participating in hardware implementation of this codex, uh, we were um, analyzing uh, what's on the table and trying to provide our perspective uh, what's uh, realistic for us to implement and without, uh, you know, um, very high increase of the area or power consumption. So we were trying to kind of uh, both steer the coding efficiency factor and complexity factor. Of course, we were not the only companies doing that, but, uh, you know, Snapdragon chips are a large portion of the market, so we wanted that this new standard uh, fits as well. And um, I would say that probably similar um, concerns that we were voicing or solutions that we were bringing to them, uh, also other hardware companies would see. So we were trying to com uh, contribute to this aspect of the standard as well. Okay, great. And for my last question, you reference consumer video trends a bit, as well as some other trends uh, around, you know, some other applications for video. But what else are you keeping your eye on now that 2020 and some of the craziness, not all of it, but some of the craziness it brought us is behind us? I don't think that usage of video will uh, really uh, like dramatically change, but I think, as I said before, it will evolve. I think the target is to keep increasing quality of the video further, because uh, despite all this progress, uh, both in video compression and in available bandwidth that has been made, um, the, the video that we are seeing, it's still uh, fairly far from, you know, what we see when we go outside or look through the window. I mean, I might be professionally biased, but when I watch movies, especially action movies, I paid way too much attention to the artifacts. So I'm always saying, okay, I see ringing artifacts, blocking artifacts, and people who watch this with me are saying, can you like stop talking? Because we are not concentrating on the movies. You are analyzing quality of the video and being really disruptive here. So I'm like, okay, okay. But the reality is that I still think we have a way to go of there. Uh, the other trend that is happening uh, at the moment is uh, we all talk about this artificial intelligence, neural networks and so on. And at the moment uh, there is fairly active research ongoing uh, how that can be incorporated in the video codec design, which elements can be replaced by neural networks. Uh, maybe majority of the elements can be replaced by neural networks, how it can help us in the design of the codec. Um, yet another aspect that is being discussed is, I mentioned a lot that uh, machine-to-machine -machine communication might overtake uh, consumer uh, consumption of the video. And when the question arises is that, uh, do we really use, uh, should use the same criteria uh, when evaluating video encoded for machine 
uh, as video encoded for the human viewer. Maybe this uh, criteria of uh, closeness uh, to the original material or what is required should be completely different. And maybe the methods that we are using because of that to encode video also should be completely different. And such standardizations are already uh, actually starting in, uh, for example, in MPEG. You know, one of the hot keywords is more immersive video. So at the moment, what people really think about when this is mentioned is virtual reality. But this can go much further. One of the examples is that cameras which are capturing content are evolving. It's not only about uh, the normal 2D cameras that we are used to, but if you are uh, looking at the evolution of cameras in cars or even mobile devices, time of flight cameras are becoming commonplace. Uh, and what do they capture? They capture not only to the image, but they capture location of each pixel in 3D space. And there are being now standards being developed uh, which try to compress such content. Because I was saying, wow, 2D video, how many bits do we need? We need giga. Uh, well, try to imagine that the pixels are not in 2D space, but in 3D space. So these uh, requirements for uh, compression literally explode. And we call the standards uh, point cloud compression standards. Uh, they might be initially not uh, used you know, for consumption or watching, but uh, they are seen as a basis for all this uh, hot application, like for example, augmented reality. Um, as the time progress, um, there is a talk of making video more uh, immersive in literal sense. So uh, we are talking about so-called six-dove video. So uh, video would be pretty much almost like computer game that, okay, you are presented with an image, but you can decide uh, where do you go within this video. I think a good example would be, uh, for example, uh, mm, professional games, uh, and which are already captured by array of uh, cameras. And the question is, can we produce a model uh, that, almost corresponds to 3D game model. And then as a viewer, you can decide, hey, I wanna have a, a point of view at this moment of the quarterback or the receiver, or be wherever I want to be. So this is kind of rather futuristic, but you know, we are looking how to extend the concept of immersion. So I would say these are the trends that uh, at least in the, uh, you know, time frame of uh, three to five years I see coming. This is all very interesting, actually. So, Marta, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me a little bit about VVC. Uh, thank you. No problem. I think the discussion diverged to other topics <laughs> in addition to VVC. But uh, I think it's... Uh, 
it's good to see you know that uh, the video as we understand now uh, is quickly changing. Well, Technically is an art and media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at artandmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Spike.